Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Your Intention Matters, the podcast. Thanks very much for freeing up the time. My name, of course, is still Paul Madot. Today, I have Andrea Johnson. She is VP Sales coming to us from a company called Beyond in Virginia. Andrea, how are things? Hi, Paul. Things are great. Thank you for inviting me on the podcast. I yeah. am excited to be a part of it. I appreciate you being here. You know, I worked at Xerox for about a decade in, in the 2000s for the most part, and I spent a lot of time in Leesburg, Virginia. Uh, and so I'm curious about where you are in Virginia in relation to Leesburg, because I don't know the state that well. Are you close or is it like the other part of the country? Like wh- where is it in relation to Leesburg? Yeah, so um, I'm actually in Carrollton, which is nestled kind of between Williamsburg and Virginia Beach. So I'm, I'm on the coast. Gotcha. All right, good. Well, listen, again, thanks for being here. Do me a favor. Say hi to everybody and provide a quick intro and then we'll jump into your story. Awesome. Uh, hi, everybody. Thank you for having me on. I'm Andrea Johnson. I am the VP of Sales at Beyond, and I appreciate the time with you. You bet. Uh, married, mom, neither, both? Yeah, um, I am married. We actually got married during COVID. We had a destination wedding planned, but ended up getting married at the park because destination <laughs> didn't work out. With That's COVID. a destination, right? Yeah, destination uh-huh. across the street <laughs> instead of uh, on the other side of the ocean. Um, and we do, we have two kids. So I have a four-year-old son and 11-year-old girl. Wow. Congratulations. All right, good. Well, again, thanks for being here. You know, Andrea, as we were talking before we hit record here around the idea of the podcast, the genesis of it, and your intention matters because that's the result you'll tend to get. And it all has to do with mindset and intention. And most of us in the world of sales, Never thought we'd even get into sales, let alone even really sustain a long career in it. And, and with that said, I'm looking forward to you sharing your story. So you ready to go here? Sure. All right. So let's That's go. It. So let's go back in time. Let's go back. I don't know, early, late 2000s. You're at Thomas Nelson Community College in Virginia. Uh, looks like you, you're, you're taking uh, associate arts, business administration, management, and so on. If we go back to your education and where you were at that time in your life, did you have a vision at the time? Were you just kind of like figuring it out or were you, were you set on what you wanted to do or was it just, I don't know, that's just, it'll happen. Where were you at, call it a decade ago? Yeah, so I would say, you know, I grew up with very entrepreneurial parents. They did a lot of different things. They um, ran restaurants, they were in real estate. They did several different ventures that were entrepreneurial. And I think I was really just trying to figure it out. You know, where do I want to go? What do I want to do next? Um, and ultimately around that time, I started helping to manage my family's businesses, uh, in the restaurant business. And that kind of just took over the path of, you know, going down that road of helping in the family businesses and, and running our restaurants for a few years there. And so restaurants as in plural. So were they, were they local to Virginia or did, did you get into the franchise game? No. So they were all local here. Um, so it was kind of throughout time. We ran several different restaurants. We had a, a couple of, of different types of restaurants. But at the time when I was managing the restaurants, I took over our sports bar um, that was around for a little over 20 years. So it was that was a fun time. You know, I mean, lots of lots of Sunday football games and 
lots of, you know, late nights and helping out with all of the inventory, learning a lot about how to run the, the other side of business and, and what happens behind the scenes in a restaurant. You know, I'm curious about that because, you know, for me, all I know with regards to restaurant is how to order, ask for the check and pay my bill and I'm gone. But I imagine that it has to run like a well-oiled machine for it to really work. The timing of the orders and the, just there's, there must be like all kinds of stuff going on that that the lay person just sitting at the table would have no idea to make yeah. sure that the order comes out the way it's supposed to on time, et cetera. Yeah, I, I really feel like it is the hardest type of business to run. I mean, there's just so many variables and you have to have so much staff, right? And it, when you're running a, a retail business or a service oriented business, the loss isn't isn't the same, right? Because you you have things that are pretty shelf stable in other industries. Uh, but in the restaurant business, ordering has to be perfect. Um, the management of food ordering and staffing and timing. And like you said, and then, you know, in a sports bar, you also add in all of the alcohol aspect, you add in all of the, um, the fanatics, entertainment, you know, so you have, you have sports games that and make satellites and purchases and bands. And I mean, it's a lot of uh, moving parts in the restaurant industry for sure. And I imagine there was probably a couple of people over the years that had a, a couple of dollars on a game or two. It didn't go their way. And that factored into the <laughs> overall demeanor inside the restaurant as well, I'm sure. Yeah, I've seen a, a, flu, a few uh, flip tables. In my time, wow. yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, so let, let's talk about you know your decision to get into the family business. Was that was it an underlying expectation that that would happen? Um, was it something you, you kind of seeked out, or like talk to me about that? And then why aren't you doing that anymore? Yeah, gr- great questions. Um, and I would say quite the opposite. Um, I think my parents really didn't want me to get into the restaurant business. Um, you know, they knew that it was difficult. They also knew, like I mentioned, that it meant a lot of late nights. Um, and at the time that I was running the restaurant, I was a single mom. My daughter was very young and that it was a lot to juggle. Um, but I think also the flexibility of managing the restaurant and having my daughter, it worked out because I was able to manage my time um, at that point. Really, the reason that I got out of it was um, my father was ready to sell the restaurant and it was a good time in the market and, and things were going well. So it just worked out that we were gonna move on. Um, I actually took a job, a very brief stint, waiting tables at another restaurant. I was recruited from there by the owner of a large car dealership who asked me to come sell cars um, for him. And I didn't, I didn't like that very much. <laughs> so let's talk about this, okay, because there, there's an underlying notion from a lot of people that, every person's a salesperson that you're always selling something and it's that you have to sell someone on a date and you have to sell someone on this. Okay. But in terms of being a professional salesperson, your first real kick at the can was an auto sales at, at a dealership level. So funny enough, my actual first real adventure into sales, um, I was 16 or 17 and I worked at a timeshare call center um, and I was an appointment setter for, you know, they call you over the phone and say, hey, we're going to set you up for this weekend vacation for $75 and you do a 90 minute tour. Um, I did that for a while. So I did some phone sales. I actually was promoted to being a closer um, at that 
call center um, when I was 17. So I was the person who took over and got them closed down. Uh, so that was actually my first stint. And then I was in the car, um, well, in the restaurant business, yeah. and then briefly in, in the car business. But the first on site, you know, person to person, face to face would have been in the car business. So talk to me about the car game for you then, because you mentioned uh, a minute ago that it wasn't exactly scratching you where it itched. And so, uh, you know, <laughs> just just tell me, you know, why didn't it work out for you? Yeah, um, I love that question, too. So I hated the sit and wait of the car business. Uh, that was really the hard thing for me. And um, it's funny, I've seen it both ways, right? I've had people who are in the car business come and work at Beyond, and they were great closers. If somebody came to them and were ready to make a purchase, they were at the top of the board there. Um, for me, I was like, do we have flyers? Could I go flyer cars at the mall? Like, how, how do we get customers to come? Because I don't want to sit here all day and see if somebody shows up on the lot. Um, that just kind of drove me nuts. You know, my wife uh, said something to me similar. Uh, last time we were in the market for a new car, she obviously knows what I do for a living in the sales game and sales training and so on. And, and she'd said to me, she says, Paul, you have such a passion for cars. Cause I am a, I'm a, I'm an enthusiast. I, I, I know a little about a lot when it comes to the car game. So I don't pretend to be yeah. like an expert on anything, quite frankly, but but I, I do have an interest in automobiles and how they make them. And anyways, so she said, did you ever consider getting into this? And I said, no, I never once. Because of what you just said, it looks yeah. like to me that there could be a lot of like this, just, you know, rolling your thumbs, waiting for someone to to come to you because I came from the Xerox world where, yeah, we had a base of customers, but there was a big emphasis on activities throughout the day to go find a new business. And that's just what I knew because it was filling my hours and I was productive. And I thought I might be bored. Uh, maybe, maybe bored's the wrong word, but maybe I, I just, I, I don't know if I would have liked that environment um, as a result of waiting for someone to walk through the showroom floor versus me trying to source them to come in. Yeah. And I like the word bored because I was okay. really bored. <laughs> I was really bored. I was like, you want me to windags, windows, or like, what can I do? Because just sitting here is driving me nuts, right? They had a CRM, you could call through them. But I mean, there's only so much of that to do. If yeah. you have, you know, eight salespeople on a car sales floor, and only three customers walk through the showroom today, that's all that happened all day, right? So it was just a little too slow paced, slow moving for me. You know, let's talk about your decision to, to eventually move on to, to your next venture. Um, how long was it before you actually made that happen versus when you first started thinking about it? Because you were there for how, how long were you in the car game for? So um, off and on for about a year. For about a year. There okay. were several times that I was like, oh, this just isn't, it's not for me really late hours, especially, you know, as a single mom, it was like, if I did sell a car at eight o'clock, I needed to now have a babysitter come babysit for the cover for the babysitter right. to be able to stay and get it, you know, through financing. So I had thought about it several times trying to figure out, you know, what was next, what I wanted to do. I had a hard time thinking about getting back into the restaurant business because I was really young. So to say, Hey, I've managed restaurants and get a management job at, you know, 22 years old, managing a restaurant was difficult. Um, but just to go wait tables felt like it just wasn't fulfilling what I really was capable of doing. Um, so I was looking for options. And this is an interesting story, because it all loops back around. Um, 
the woman who had signed us up to take our credit card payments at my family's restaurant. She was um, a single mom, actually, as well. So we clicked. She had come in several times. I finally sat down with her. Um, and she always had her daughter with her. And I thought, well, that's really neat that like you, she was homeschooling her and you could bring her with you. Oh. Um, we had since sold the restaurant, but me and that woman had remained friends over the years. Um, and she was living in New Jersey. Uh, I actually called her because I had decided enough is enough with the car business. Um, you know, my daughter had gotten sick and they weren't very happy that I wasn't there that day. Um, and I, I decided to quit. So I called her and said, Hey, you know, um, I just want to get away for a couple of days. Can I come up and visit? I went up and visited her and she was like, you should do this, right? There's a great market in your backyard. I work the market. It's, you know, you have so many businesses there that need help and, and you'd be great at this. I thought she was insane. I was like, I just, I just bought a house. I'm a single mom, like it's straight commission, 1099, print yeah. your own business cards. There's no way. Um, so let me see if I understood this, if I heard you correctly. So you, you quit your car salesperson's job without a job to go to. You had just bought a house and you're a single mom. Still, it sounds like in your early 20s still. Amazing that you did that. Yeah, my mom always said it doesn't matter the branch you're on if you have wings. And I think uh, it's something that really sticks with me. I feel like if it's not working take a leap of faith, you know, bet on yourself and figure out the next step. Um, not saying, you know, always walk out of your job, but if it's, if it's not going to work for you at some point, you have to make a decision to change it. Or when is it going to change? You can't just sit in your comfort zone if it's, if it's not working. There had to have been some level of like nerves here of like, how, how am I going to do this now? Like it, it's, it's expensive to wake up every day. And, yeah. and, and you're, you're now responsible for this life that you've got to raise and feed and, and you have no income. And so how desperate were you to just find something or, or were you kind of set on, I want my next one to be better than this? So I was really set on, you know, I, I felt at that point that I was really in a box of employment is going to force me to choose to either be a good mom or be a good employee. And I had a really hard time with that. I felt like there has to be a way that I can be a good mom and I yeah. can also meet the needs of an employer and them not be mad at me for being a good mom. And that, that pull was really tough for me. Um, and there were definitely nerves involved, but I, I think I've always kind of believed that I'll figure it out. I'll find a way. Um, and at that point I felt like, well, if I give this 1099 thing a shot and if in a couple of weeks, you know, funds are running out, right? There wasn't a whole lot of cushion um, at, at that age with a new house and a, sure. a little a little girl. So I figured worst case scenario, I can go pick up a job waiting tables and make some money. You know, I mean, I knew that I could do that somewhere. I know lots of restaurant owners in town. You know, I grew up with family in that business. So that I think that was kind of my mindset is why not give it a shot? Um, I didn't think that it was I certainly didn't think it would be my long-term career. Okay. Um, I thought that it was a, I'll make a little bit of money and figure out what I'm going to do next. And so did it last two weeks, like you were going to give it? 
No, I actually made several sales in my first two weeks. Um, I did really well. I, I made probably a bigger single paycheck than I had made in a long time. Yeah. Um, and I think I just put my head down for a couple of years and, and didn't really look up because it was a lot of flexibility. Uh, it was really great money. And I remember the first time my boss in the industry, I had texted him in the morning and I said, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to be able to go out today. My daughter's really sick. She's throwing up. I'm so sorry. And he texted back and said, is Kaya okay? Is, is everything all right? You know, are you going to take her to the doctor? Can I do anything? Do you need me to call any of your, you know, appointments? And it just felt like, oh my gosh, like what yeah. an opposite reaction than what I've gotten at employers in the past. And so how long was your run there? So I was there for, I want to say seven years. Seven uh, years. Six, maybe six years. Oh, okay. Wait. <laughs> So you went in with a, okay, it's hundred percent commission. Worst case scenario is I can get a job busting tables, doing something else. And yet it turned into over half, half a decade. Yeah. And actually, you know, I think that combined with the second company I was at. So I was with two companies prior to um, where I'm at now at beyond. And I, I think those combined were okay. about six or seven. But that years industry, it, it seemed to work for you. You seemed uh, you, yeah. you must have enjoyed the the experience on some level because, uh, I mean, it's one thing if you get paid, but it's another thing that you have to enjoy doing what you do day to day. So you, you must have found something you really liked about it. Yeah, um, I love the relationship side of it. I love that it was you know like we talked about with the car business. It was the total opposite. It was where do you want to go today? Like the world is your oyster. Who do you want to go after? You know, what kind of businesses do I want to target? There was no, you know, really in, in the payment and, and even in the payroll space, which we're in at beyond there's, it, it's not a specific company, you know, it's everything from nail salons to doctor's offices to restaurants, yeah. manufacturers, like you can go after what you want. So I really enjoyed that. It was, a lot of choice and a lot of ability to go out and kind of make your own destiny. So how did you get to beyond? Did they find you? Did you raise your hand? What was that process like? I love this question too. Um, so great story. I actually was trying to get out of the processing industry at that time. Um, I had just had my son at this point um, and I was, I had, I had changed from a smaller company to a much larger company, thinking that the morals and ethics, the things that they were doing in the contract terms, right. Um, and I'm sure you see a lot of this and talking to a lot of salespeople, you know, you come on to something, you make good money, you're happy with the way it's going. You believe what they tell you. You believe what leadership tells you about the terms of the contract or rate changes or cancellation fees. Right. And you just go out and sell it. Yeah. Um, and I was learning that the things that I thought I was selling weren't exactly what I was selling. Um, oh. And I got to the point where I felt like, okay, if you know better, you do better. I can't sell this um, because I feel like what you guys are doing to my customers who are friends, family, you know, people that I've known my whole life in my community that I bump into at the grocery store, I've sold them something that's not right. So I had moved to a larger company and I just assumed that, okay, this is a huge company. This has to be better. Um, and about three months in, they decided that the rate lock addendum was a um, addendum 
to the contract and that mm. they were going to remove it and change rates on people that I had just brought on. So at this time, again, I, it's funny, you know, talking about it, major life changes all at once. But um, I decided I have to get out of this industry, but I've got to find a way to make six figures, have flexible hours, be home for dinner. So what's next? And I found beyond, I found a video about beyond opening on LinkedIn. So our CEO was, had a video um, and I showed it to my husband and said, Hey, like, I really think maybe this is where I'm supposed to be. They just do the right thing and treat people the right way. There's no contracts. There's no cancellation fees. Um, Seems with our promises, it's the ability to really go out and sell something you can believe in and stand behind it. And so when did you join beyond? 2017, June. 2017. Um, so, so right just, before we wrote our first contract. So just about four years now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So just about four years, the last 18 months have been interesting is about the only PG word I can come up with for the last 18 months. And so tell me, uh, you know, how have you been really since, since COVID, how, how have you handled it? You're in a leadership role. And I imagine there's probably some people that you brought on that you maybe you haven't met in person just yet. And like, how have you been over the last, you know, 12, 18 months or so? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's twofold. I, we've, we're really blessed to have been in a company that provides something that business owners needed during this time, right? It's not a commodity. It's not an add-on service. It's something that is helping them to thrive. Um, so I think that's, that's been a huge plus for us. Um, and beyond even adapted and, and brought on a product called Storefront that gave um, merchants the ability to go um, with e-commerce during the middle of that and um, online for food ordering and curbside delivery. So I think that helped on the actual out still selling side. Mm. Um, but we're outside salespeople, right? So business is being closed and people not wanting you to walk into their business. There was a lot of that that we saw. Uh, we had to do a lot of adapting and training and teaching people how to use, you know, social media and do telephone calls, which is, is funny because in this industry, I've always preached, don't call them, go see them, go right. walk into their business. Um, and I was telling the sales reps who call people all the time, Hey, what are you guys doing for calling? Cause now, you know, we need to take the other seat right. and, and do a lot more calling and emailing and social media. Um, but I have gotten, I have met everybody believe maybe one or two people. Actually, I think you're right, but I think I've met almost everybody who has come on or has moved into my right. team throughout COVID. You know, Andrew, you've had quite the, quite the journey. I mean, if we, if we think about it, you go back a decade, you're in uh, your, your college, you're getting your, your education. Like so many of us, not really dead set on any real direction as you're still a teen. You, you have the variable of being a stay at home mom and responsible for, for that uh, responsibility in your life. You have the family business, you get into that, you realize, okay, it's not so much for me. And, and then you, you leave, you, you find merchant services. Uh, sorry, for, sorry, you get into the car game. That's not for me. You just quit. Uh, you've had it. You, you find merchant services. You go into it with a, a mindset of, well, okay, let the worst case scenario is it does, I'm not any further ahead in a month. So let's give it a shot. It turns into you're about yeah. six, seven years within the industry. 
And then, and then you, yeah, you come to an understanding of it's not really what you like in terms of the value prop and what's going out there. Your brand's on it. So I got to make a change here. You find beyond and here you are four years where almost half of it has been during a pandemic and it sounds like you're doing okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. It's, it's interesting to hear you sum it up like that, you know, and I remember I took the, so I actually was promoted to the VP role in January of 2020. Um, and we moved and we had a wedding plan for that year. And I remember laughing in like May and saying, you know, just, just move and get married and take on a whole new role all at the right. same time. It'll be so fun. Yeah. At least you won't be bored. I'm not bored. Like I was in the car business. That's for sure. You know, Andrew, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. I always like to close off the podcast by asking anybody who's a guest, if there was one thing that's kind of been your foundation, any advice or something that served you well? Like, you know, you, you mentioned earlier in the conversation that your mom said something to you around, it doesn't matter, you know, what branch you're on, if you have wings. And I'm just curious about, you know, wh- wh- when you have to, you know, manage a tough time, or you're looking to, you know, lean on something like what's been your go to over over your, your life thus far? Um, that's a that's a tough question. I mean, I think between like, this too shall pass and, you know, just lean into it and get it yeah. done. I mean, I think if, if you've been through a lot of difficult situations, I, I think you, you learn that there's, you just have to do something, right? I mean, you have to take a path, you have to make a decision and, and then you have to commit to it and hold yourself accountable to see, to see it through to whatever extent you've committed to, right? If the kind of like taking the job in the, the 1099 role, I, I said, I'm going to give it two weeks. I'm going to see what happens. And then reevaluating at the end of that two weeks and saying, is this for me? Does this work? Does it not work? Um, I think doing that with different situations throughout life has really created a lot of my success. I love it. And I give you a lot of credit for betting on yourself. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, it's been, it's turning out to be a good bet so far. Um, and I think continuing to lean into it. And I hope other people like really take a chance on themselves. You know, I think like you were saying before, uh, before we started the call, like the intention, looking at it of how you're actually going to go out and have the intention of finding success, going into it with the mindset that you will find success if you stick to your plan and and tweak it a little bit here and there to make sure it's a good one. Well, Andrew, it's been a lot of fun talking with you. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the invite on. Um, maybe we can do it again sometime. You bet. All right, everybody, let's wrap this episode up right now. Remember, as I always say, your intention matters. Why? Because that's the result you'll tend to get. We're out of here. We'll do it again next week. Stay safe and let's go Blue Jays. Blue Jays.